Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Dorkside Toys. At DorksideToys.com, you can get the latest Star Wars toys, as well as Marvel, G.I. Joe, The Walking Dead, and more. Run by toy fans, you can be assured your order will be given great attention and packed with care. Sign up to their social channels now for stock alerts, reviews, and toy and movie news. DorksideToys.com. You'd be a dork not to shop there. Welcome to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Hello and welcome to episode 456 of Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie. And the countdown has begun. You know, we've been podcasting for Star Wars Action News for almost 10 years. And I've been collecting Star Wars virtually nonstop for 22 years. I consider myself pretty much a diehard fan. I think you are, yeah. And I think it's longer than 22 years. You're collected as a child. Right. I'm saying nonstop. I uh. got back into it in 92, 93. Okay. Yet even I had to roll my eyes when the official Star Wars Twitter started the daily countdown. 482 days until The Force Awakens. And what was really funny is when they had to reset the clock because it got moved from May to December. How, how do you retcon that in your Twitter? <laughs> Think you use Hootsuite or something. <laughs> and then when the Force Friday countdown clock showed up at Toys R Us, it was like 113 days or something until Force Friday. And I kind of felt like Luke Skywalker. It's all such a long way from here. <laughs> but now I'm feeling it. It hit me like a car. When we hit last Tuesday, August 4th, one month from Force Friday, all of a sudden... All of this ethereal thought of new Star Wars movies and a major Star Wars toy launch, the likes we've not seen since at least 2008, became real. Was it 2008, the last one? Was that the Clone Wars cartoon, the first cartoon? Yes. Oh, yes. With the first day of issue sticker Yarnas and all of that good stuff. Really, the last heyday for Star Wars collecting began. That was literally the beginning of the end because we had the vintage collection, the Clone Wars, we had the highly articulated figures. It was at this moment that pegs clogged terribly and despite a few attempts, never got clear. I have heard rumors you can still find a first day of issue Yarna occasionally on pegs in certain areas. We found them as recently as like two years ago, which is... Still pretty bad. The first day of issue sticker on her. Daryl DePriest told me that there are more Yarnas with that sticker than without. By a lot. Really? I find that interesting. I don't know why. So, rare variant hunters, go search for Yarna. But yeah, on September 4th, Force Friday, starting at 12.01 a.m., so Thursday night into Friday morning, is when the event happens. And what is the event? Nobody knows. Well, there's going to be some new toys. There's a lot of rumors surrounding the new toys as to what it's actually going to be. I have heard everything from hang on to your hat, there's going to be so much, to yeah, there's going to be a lot, but as far as Force Awakens stuff, not so much. So I have no idea where it's going to fall in the middle. It's a global launch happening in multiple countries, and... The one thing I hear that makes sense to me, given the secrecy around everything, is that there won't be a lot of Force Awakens figures out because they're going to focus on the characters from the trailer who we already know about. 
versus starting to bring in the Andy Circus character and a lot of these other characters that we haven't seen yet. And JJ wants to keep as a surprise when we see the movie. And that's interesting because previously, if you looked at the figures that came out in the Midnight Toy releases, you could accidentally get spoilers about the movie. And I remember episode two, which is the first one we did together, you not looking at card backs and trying not to look at character names because you did not want to be spoiled about the movie. And you were spoiled because you saw Anakin had arm removal action. Yes. And I was spoiled for episode one. There was a reason I did this because there was a track on the score called Qui-Gon's Noble End. Well, doesn't take a genius to figure out where his arc is going. Well, maybe he was going to finish a book or a sweater. He was knitting a sweater and that was the end of the sweater. And it's a very nice sweater. Perhaps, perhaps he just saw the career trajectory over at Barnes and Noble. Maybe it was the Qui-Gon's <laughs> Barnes and Noble's end because they're <laughs> shuttering stores. I did enjoy the tweet that somebody got some books in the middle of Barnes and Noble's toy store. <laughs> but it just makes sense to me that that would be the case. Yet I feel that Disney and under Disney Lucasfilm and under Lucasfilm Hasbro have us all on the hook again. We have heard from Hasbro years past that the next big thing is coming. And I know that it's easy as a collector to become a little jaded when there's no figures on the pegs and the releases of figures are few and far between. But here they've got us. They've got me anyway. I can only speak for myself. But that hook is in my mouth, through my jaw, jutting out. The barb is caught. I'm there. And... What Jeff Labovitz said in our exclusive interview at Comic-Con is, prepare your wallets, I'm ready for it. And in Lucasfilm, I trust to not let me down that night, and I hope there's collectibles and toys and not just coffee mugs and... Five POA figures. I'm, I'm okay with that. But I just am tired of, like, we went to Toys R Us recently, and they had a whole bunch of Star Wars pool toys on sale. But... Looking closely, like so many of these items, the only thing Star Wars about them was where they chose to print a graphic. You could actually sit on Luke's face. <laughs> oh, that's wrong on so many levels. On a pool float, I mean. But it was just a Star Wars graphic printed at the bottom of a pool float. It wasn't like the handles of the pool float were lightsaber hilts and the entire thing was shaped like a Trade Federation droid control ship. I mean, that is a collectible. The light-up Death Star beach ball is a collectible. Printing the word Star Wars on a normal beach ball, well, I'm getting more selective about what I consider a collectible, as I know we've got Force Awakens, Rogue One, Episode 8, Episode 9. Did you notice what was right next to the Star Wars pool toys on clearance, though? No. The exact same items... But with frozen things printed on them instead of Star Wars. Cookie cutter Disney merchandising. There were also some conflicting rumors about if that giant six inch scale Force Awakens TIE Fighter would be out on the 4th. During the panel, they kind of indicated it wasn't, that it would be coming later. In our interview with Jeff, he said it was coming out on the 4th. The rule of three may come back for one night is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a pretty impressive thing. And three of those would make quite a display. So do we need to borrow somebody's cargo van? Or just go buy one. I saw one down the road for 3500 Okay, why not? <laughs> so I'm really getting excited. And I hope you are too. And we're bringing in as much of the Star Wars action news team as we can to cover this coast to coast and around the world. But if you are going to Force Friday, we want your report. Grab your iPhone. Grab your GoPro. Grab whatever you can. And record a video for us. And drop us an email. We will give you upload instructions. And your video may be featured on the post-Force Friday episode of Star Wars Action News. So just drop us an email at show at swactionnews.com. We will need all videos in on Saturday. So by midnight, Saturday night, Sunday morning, so that we can get them in for that week's episode. I would love for someone to do like a dramatic dance number while they go get their toys. I'm always impressed with the creativity of our listeners every time we have something like this from Jacob's very early recitation of his Midnight Madness in the Phantom Menace line, which if you haven't heard that, 
beautiful piece of beat poetry, head into our early, early archives, like the first 12 episodes to hear that story and the fanboy videos made by the guys in Paducah to the Masamita time flash animation. So much creativity out there. Yeah. Make it fun. Make it creative or just film some people shopping like they're on supermarket sweep, only they have to pay for it. I want to see how things are going coast to coast. And of course, the big epicenter is in New York City, as it always is. But the Times Square Toys R Us location, a beautiful location with a giant Ferris wheel, always just so impressive to go. And then even more impressive when you see the high prices. But Steve Sansweet and Rancho Obi-Wan will be in Times Square with a selection of rare collectibles and one-of-a-kind items from Rancho Obi-Wan meeting and greeting collectors on Force Friday. And I think that is so cool. That is. That's that's really cool. And I think it's a great opportunity for things to be on that side of the country because a lot of times the East Coast is left out because a lot of this stuff's West Coast. Yeah, I always feel sorry for those New York City people who never get to have anything cool like concerts or one-of-a-kind events. Yeah, they're, they're really... <laughs> but it's usually a big ordeal to transport that stuff. That is true. But he did send it to Germany for celebration. True. Of course, he did tell us about his shipping nightmares as well, getting it there, getting it back and all of that. But that is absolutely great. If you are anywhere within a 10-hour train ride of Manhattan, I would go there for Force Friday. Yeah, I think that would be the place to go. And I wish I was in New York that weekend instead of like, you know, six weeks from then when New York Comic Con was. Well, speaking of conventions, before Force Friday, Wizard World Chicago, the flagship Wizard World, what I have often considered my best shopping convention of the year. It is always a good shopping convention of the year for the Midwest. It's like the last big convention. So a lot of the vendors are ready to wheel and deal. And usually it's like Sunday afternoon and we're like, oh, we didn't find anything to buy. Hey, what's that? Let's see if they'll take this price for it. And then we end up with a carload of stuff. Sometimes. Now, the past couple years have been slower. Wait a second. Last year, you bought a bunch of comic books that filled up the trunk. And we bought those on Sunday afternoon after we'd already checked out the hotel. And I had to sit outside in 95 degree weather. Yeah, I remember that. But I'm saying, uh, okay. as far as statues, I mean, graphic novels, yes. There are comic dealers who just have so much stuff there, like $15 Star Wars compilations that you can just get for pennies on the dollar because they have overstock. But if you want statues, mini busts, hot toys, sideshow 12-inch figures, Hasbro figures you haven't seen in stores, they've been a little stingier the past few years. I think it might be because Wizard is increasing the costs to the vendors. Yes, there have been some price increases for vendors, for artists. Previously, fan clubs and the like got tables for free in this last two years. They don't. But we will definitely be there. I'm actually going to be there all four days of the convention, Thursday through Sunday. And I really hope I see you there Saturday night. Yeah, we're having actually a big shindig on Saturday night. Traditionally, we've gone to a restaurant with, you know, whoever wanted to show up. It's kind of like a whoever wants to come along thing. But we're celebrating our 10th anniversary of doing the show. And it happens to coincide with Wizard World Saturday night. Yeah, we started in the last week of August 2005, and this is leading into the last week of August 2015. We're having a big party, but we've decided to change it up just a little bit. We've had a lot of fun over these last 10 years. I mean, every minute I've spent with Arnie has been tremendous because I love him dearly as my husband, but the last 10 years of our life, things have changed, and we've had an amazing time. We've met amazing people from all over the world, and we like you guys a lot. We love you guys. So we want to give something back to you. Truthfully, the best people I've met have been through this show and had experiences I never even dreamed of having. And it's all because of listeners. And I'm not going to name any names, but you know who you are, who have really been great to us over the years. We want to be great to you. So we have decided we're going to pay for the party. We have. You do need to sign up and register for a free ticket and come to the party. We'll have you on the guest list. This includes food. This includes a ticket for some great raffle prizes coming from Dorkside Toys, Big Bad Toy Store, Hallmark, Kotobukiya. Diamond Select Toys, 
And then there's a cash bar so you can drink and we'll be playing some music. We'll have some Star Wars themed music going on, possibly. And possibly some not. Yes. But we'll also have a chance if you want to upgrade your ticket. We do have some ticket options that are for money and they come with some exclusive swag that you can only get at this party. You can get an exclusive Star Wars action news t-shirts. Also, this year is also Marvelicious Toys 5th anniversary, so you can get an exclusive Marvelicious Toys t-shirt, or you can get both t-shirts and an exclusive 10th anniversary Star Wars Action News Marvelicious Toys medallion or heavy silver-plated coin that has the Star Wars Action News logo on one side, Marvelicious Toys logo on the other. We're going to have so many team members coming in, Brock, Jerry, Justin, is driving all the way from Omaha, Jonathan, Andrew, Daryl, so many members of the team gathering in one place, and we're so excited to see them and to see you. So you don't need a ticket to Wizard World to come to the party. Absolutely not. You don't even have to go to Wizard World if you don't want to. But you want to because it's kind of fun. So head to SWActionNews.com, click the banner at the top, sign up for the party. Space is limited. And now that we're... Making tickets free, I really expect this party may fill up in the next week. So if you want to come, get on that list, and we hope to see you there. In other convention news, going from Wizard World, let's look back to San Diego Comic-Con. The day we put out our last episode of Star Wars Action News was a tumultuous day. (laughs) I had been watching HasbroToyShop.com pretty religiously because they announced that Tuesday, July 28th, they were going to put... There are San Diego Comic-Con exclusive toys up for order. What's with announcing it? Previously, you just had to, like, stalk their website. Yeah, I don't know. Talking to Jason from Yak Face, he seemed to think that they'd done this maybe three or four years ago. I don't remember that happening. I remember a lot of guessing and a lot of, well, it usually happens the Tuesday a week or two after the con. This was three weeks after, but... I know that I felt in the force a million collectors scream out in anger and then were suddenly silenced as the site crashed and the first order stormtrooper was gone in three minutes from the time I noticed to the time it was completely sold out. I hear it was up for possibly one to two more minutes besides that, easily well under 10 minutes from in stock to gone. And some years they put the exclusives back online. I've had a program running non-stop since that day to tell me if that out-of-stock sign ever changed for more than 30 seconds. And it has not changed once. They brought what they brought, and they were gone like Kaiser Soze. <laughs> the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing collectors you might get a first-order stormtrooper. People were really ticked about this one because it was gone in an instant, but they're usually gone in an instant, right? I'm not just imagining this, right? This was a shorter instant than usual. It's kind of like there's something about Mary. This was the six-minute abs. (laughs) But then for those lucky people who got one, and I know many people on our team were trying to get one, and nobody did. None of our staff who work on the show were able to get one. But we did have somebody come to our Facebook page because they were lucky enough to get two. And when they got them... It's almost a cruel irony. Somebody described it to me as a possibly passive-aggressive tactic on the part of Hasbro. Right in the middle of the front of the box was a fairly large Hasbro Toy Shop barcode decal. Not put on straight, just in the white space in front of the box, a barcode that they used to mark the age and so they could scan it in for shipping. And it's not one that just peels off easily. That's very unfortunate, and I'm really surprised. Is this something new that Hasbro's doing with the toy shop? Because I don't recall anything else we've ever gotten from them to have any kind of inventory sticker on it, other than the UPC, which, also wondering, why didn't they just use the UPC? I'm not sure this had a UPC being an exclusive. They weren't scanning them at the store. No, that's just because they go down your list and punch them in. They don't scan. Because the only thing that's different is the sleeve over, right? No, the entire package is unique. And that's the thing. A lot of people on Facebook were like, well, why do you care that there's a sticker? At least you got one. Everybody is going to get what's in the box. If you're an opener and only an opener, this is the most worthless exclusive 
in history to you because all that is unique about this, besides getting it a little early, and that earliness seems to be going away faster and faster as we get to Force Friday, the only thing unique about this is the box that it comes in and a little booklet that comes inside. So if you are a packaged collector or carded collector, this is a really enticing exclusive. It's a very nice package, and to get it with that sticker is kind of taking away the thing that made it so desired in the first place. Yeah, it's... I don't know if that's worse than getting it damaged and then being all out. I don't I don't know. I think it's about the same, honestly. Now, it's actually possibly better. I didn't get one myself. I don't have the sticker to try this on. A lot of people on our Facebook page are saying perhaps a hairdryer will help loosen the glue, and you might be able to pull it off that way. Maybe a little bit of Goo Gone might help. There's possible remedies, whereas if it just came crushed, there's no remedy at all. But I'm going to say... To our listeners, don't give up hope, because this is still going to be a convention exclusive at two or three international conventions coming up this summer. Which tells me that the more that are out in the market, the less prices are going to be on the secondary market. And once the figure is out in stores on the 4th, then any loose collector can just walk into any store and buy one for 20 to $25, depending which store they walk into. Maybe 30 at Kohl's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that will help drive down prices as well. Honestly, my reason for wanting one so badly was I'm anxious for new toys. And so I wanted this one first. And because I didn't buy it in the midst of a supermarket sweep-like shopping spree of toys, it is more special that way. But yeah, that is certainly going to be one of the harder-to-get San Diego Comic-Con exclusives I haven't seen them go this fast since that Boba Fett and Han and Carbonite, and that had an exclusive figure with Han and Carbonite. It did, and people were crazy about that. And what's funny is, like, some people are like, well, it's an exclusive, I have to get it no matter what. And then others are like, it's not fair that it's an exclusive. And I think with these damages now, no one's going to be happy. Sometimes I wonder if collectors ever are, but <laughs> that's another topic. I mean, there's always a bright side. You still did get the figure, but yeah, I see both sides of it. And I'm just here to report on it. I would be upset if I got the sticker for the people who say, what's the big deal? Well, it's kind of the only thing that makes this special is that package. So. And what did it retail for? $25? Yeah. Last time I checked eBay, they were around 80 I don't know exactly how this happened, but there is somebody on eBay. They're going for about $80, but there's somebody who has 25 and they have five left out of the 25 that they're selling for $120. Sometimes those who offer international shipping get to pay more because a lot of people are U.S. shipping only. Yeah. Now, Big Bad Toy Store had some of these up. They went very quick. They were, I believe, around 60. I didn't even see them on their site, but a lot of our Facebook fans have posted that they ordered theirs from Big Bad Toy Store, and while they had to pay a little more, it didn't have a sticker. And that is worth it, to be honest. But we're still unpacking from Comic-Con, honestly. It seems like we go from one con to another because I'm starting to pack for Wizard World as I unpack from Comic-Con. We're pulling out the exclusives and the other things we bought. And Marjorie ended up, we talked about it a little bit last show, but we didn't get much to look at your new person billfold. Well, it's a tote bag, Arnie, but that's okay. I'll forgive you for the confusion this time. I don't know the difference. I know. It's okay. Just keep buying them for me. Everything's good. Okay. When I finally did on Saturday get to the Lucasfilm Pavilion, I was able to like squeeze through all the people and check out the little vendors inside and everything. I, it's kind of hard sometimes to get in there because there's just so much going on and everything has a line. But I was able to get to Loungefly's booth, which is a really cool purse accessory company that I had actually been eyeing another one of their purses. This was a purse, not a tote bag. On a different website that they had that was really cute. They usually make some edgier stuff with like skulls or tattoo prints and everything. Well, they had some Star Wars items. So I picked up their Star Wars tote bag that was, the style was Tattoo Flash. And it looks like retro tattoos. Like the ones that usually say mom. Yes, like my R2-D2 on my leg. So it's got like the stars and the dots like my leg. It's really cool. It's an it's faux leather. Don't care. It was only $60. But I really like it. It's It's got a nice size to it. It's got a nice handle. The inside is really cool because it's got 
like a Star Wars print fabric that's like black on black. So the Star Wars is printed in black and then the surrounding material is black. It's really cool. And so then I had to get the matching wallet with it too, just for fun. I really like it though. I actually really like the tattoo design on it. And while I wouldn't get any of them tattooed on me, not because they're not that cool, but because it's a mass produced item. And so I don't want to take that art to be on my skin, but They'd be great for, like, rub-on tattoo designs and things like that. I just really like them. I took some close-up photos, so I have, like, an iPhone wallpaper of the tattoo designs. I think they are that cool and retro. And I saw that you were kind of going back and forth between a Darth Vader tattoo design that was just Darth Vader, and then this, which was a multi-tattoo design with R2-D2, C-3PO, Princess Leia, and I think you made the right choice. I like having the different characters there all original trilogy. I was actually thinking of picking up the Star Wars tote bag anyway, the Darth Vader one, because it, it's got Darth Vader's head with like roses. It's like an old timey tattoo because I really like it. It's kind of different and unique. It's fun. I will tell you, a friend of mine has some other stuff that they've got. They've got like a Darth Vader bowler bag purse and an R2-D2 one and a Boba Fett one that they sell on Think Geek and some other places. I was disheartened to find out, though, that they did this treatment with the Little Mermaid. It was a tattoo, and I'm like, oh, that hurts. Yeah, it's slightly less special when they're cookie-cuttering their designs. Yeah. Now, if they do have some other cool stuff, too, that I didn't see across any of their lines. If you are a big Boba Fett fan, they have a really cool brown leather wallet that's like an embossed leather. And they've got a crossbody bag that matches, too, and it kind of looks like Dia de las Muertes. Boba Fett, because it's got the flowers and everything. That's really cool. And they also have a really cool Ewok coin bag that I didn't see at, at SDCC. I wanted to see, like, how big it is, you know, if the fur was actually, like, rabbit fur like it lo- looks like. I'm not really sure. I might just spend the 20 bucks and get it anyway and find out. So these are available online, then? Yes, you can get them at loungefly.com. And right now, that seems to be where Star Wars collecting is. I'm hitting the stores quite a bit. I'm hitting all different types of stores. Macy's had a giant Star Wars t-shirt display. As did JCPenney. And I'm seeing a lot of original trilogy art on food items. I feel really bad for Gus Lopez because it seems like they're doubling or even tripling down on the food items, and that's just in the U.S., and he collects worldwide food items. Yeah, it seems as if I can't go to the grocery store without finding something new with Star Wars on it. Except in the toy figure aisle. Yeah, that that's pretty stagnant, but that's why it's getting harder and harder to resist picking up, I don't know, the Star Wars graham crackers that are in the sheets, or the little snack packs with the graham crackers, uh, the Star Wars shapes. I don't know, they had granola bars the other day, didn't they? Yeah, some of those, and... The cereal not too long ago. Star Wars yogurt's been in the yogurt aisle for a while. And this isn't even Force Awakens yet. This is just Star Wars. I don't know if it's because the movie was supposed to be out earlier and all these companies said, well, we're going to have Star Wars on our stuff over the summer. And so they went original trilogy designs until they're allowed to switch over to the Force Awakens designs. But I also saw on... Facebook and Instagram, Chick a Fant, who's one of our listeners, very cute chick, found Star Wars Coffee Mate Creamer. I must have that creamer. It was Boba Fett Coffee Creamer. Yes, it was Boba Fett and it was Italian sweet cream flavor. I've not seen any of these in person and I've not seen these other two, but I've heard that there's a Darth Vader chocolate, dark chocolate flavor creamer. And then I've heard there's a Chewbacca spice flavor. And an R2-D2 flavor. But allegedly, they did not capitalize the R and the D in the R2-D2. Not found pictures of it yet that I can confirm are are real. But so much there that I don't think we're in the calm before the storm anymore. I think we're now looking at a tropical storm that on September 4th will become a hurricane. You think September 4th is a magic day for things like that? I think it's the day for everything. I mean, Walmart, Toys R Us... Many other stores, they're resetting for The Force Awakens. I don't think they're just resetting that toy aisle. And speaking of Walmart, if you're looking for some Black Series 3 and 3 quarter inch figures, haven't talked about those much on the show lately, (laughs) Walmart is actually getting aisle shippers in full of Black Series figures. So I haven't seen them personally. They're just starting to hit last week. But the picture shows Chewbacca and the Jawas and 
couple clones and Han and Carbonite. So keep an eye out for those if you're looking for it. They also have a bunch of the 996 roleplay lightsabers. Now, my biggest purchase of the past two weeks happened at Barnes & Noble, and no, I wasn't loading up on Funko Pops. <laughs> they seem to have more Funko Pops than anything anymore. I wasn't even looking for it. I had no idea what I was going to find. I was just strolling through the clearance book aisle because I just make a habit of doing that. And I freaked out when I came upon an entire end cap of Star Wars graphic novels and coffee table books of comic art at a huge, enormous discount. The graphic novel collections that usually take five or six issues of the Dark Horse comic series were down to $5.98. The giant from panel to panel books that are just gorgeous books of oversized art were about $7, and they even had an omnibus there for about $7. Yeah, you got some great steals on those, I think. And honestly, for a while there, Dark Horse was pumping them out so quickly, and I was buying the comics anyway, that I slowed down on the graphic novels. So this was a way for me to pick up about a dozen or more graphic novels at an insane, like, 66% off deal. Now, someone on our Facebook page said that these deals were also at barnesandnoble.com. By the time I got there, if they had them, they were completely sold out, which isn't hard to believe at all. But barnesandnoble.com will let you search the stores in your areas to see what they have and even place an order online to be held for you when you get to the store. So check that out and load up on those comics. They may not be canon now, but they're still a good read. The other thing I bought recently and I thought we'd give an eye to, I bought some Star Wars Hot Wheels. Is this because you were dying to buy something? Well, I've been kind of hard on the Star Wars Hot Wheels because mostly they've been the little cars like Hot Wheels are, hence Hot Wheels. Yes. With a Star Wars paint job or a Star Wars design or something and the variety of them the somewhat lackluster packaging on them, the cars themselves didn't excite me. I'm not a Hot Wheels guy. So that just wasn't going to click with me. If you love Star Wars and you're a Hot Wheels collector, you found Nirvana. But I didn't see the need to invest a lot of money, especially looking at the Comic-Con exclusives in these cars. But when Hot Wheels got my attention is when I saw they were coming out with a die-cast line of vehicles. And there's no wheels on these at all. These are Star Wars ships made by Hot Wheels. And I was excited for this. Back when J.J. Abrams' Star Trek film came out, Hot Wheels did some eh, maybe 5-inch or 6-inch scale ships of the Enterprise and Klingon Bird of Prey, and they were die-cast and had nice paint jobs. And I picked up just a couple of those for my desk at work. So when I saw they were doing Star Wars, I was really interested in this. And I saw them at my local Target and Toys R Us. So I picked up a selection of them. Thought we'd take a detailed look. Now, from what I can tell, these don't have a specific name. They're just, says Hot Wheels Diecast, and then you get the ship. And they're a lot smaller than the Star Trek ones, as these are about two inches, I would say, maybe two and a half for some of the bigger ones. Yeah, they're very, they're nice size. The Star Trek ones were bigger. Maybe that's because those ships are long. They are longer ships. And if you make them small, then they're just too small. True. The nacelles, is that how you say it? Yes. Aren't you proud of me? (laughs) They're longer. And if you make a little tiny ship, you're just losing so much detail. So those had to be bigger. These are actually a nice size. Well, these are about the same size or maybe slightly bigger than... Hasbro's Titanium line, which, as we saw at San Diego Comic-Con, is coming back with a mixture of old sculpts and new ones. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel like they kind of ran the gamut, but I guess they've got a whole new movie now. I'm looking forward to being able to get Titanium ships from the new movie. Jedi Temple Archives also posted a rumor that there's going to be a lot of micro-machines for the new movie. As a Star Wars vehicle fan, I'm really excited by these lines. Do they even make micro-machines anymore as, like, just a general line? I don't think so. No, Galoob made them and they were bought by Hasbro around the time of Episode 1. And then the micro-machines died an inglamorous death. (laughs) But they're bringing them back in Star Wars. And then keep in mind, there's also the Disney Store exclusive line of die-cast ships, making me wonder, 
how many lines do we have here going on? But I think, honestly, Hot Wheels has a loophole here. Because, yes, these are small, painted representations of Star Wars ships, but they come with the weirdest stand I've ever seen in my life. It looks a little bit like it might be a sculpt of some kind of space gun. Not from Star Wars. Maybe Battlestar Galactica, the 70s series. Well, if you cut off the top part, the stick where the ship is, and just have the rest of it, it looks like a cut-off Star Trek ship. Yeah, it kind of does. It looks like the old shuttles from the 60s series. But according to the package, the whole point is you stick your finger in it, and you. this is called the Flight Navigator... And you use it to pilot your ship. In other words, you wave your hand around and the ship is flying. I'm right now making the Millennium Falcon do the asteroid dodge from Empire Strikes Back. But the TIE Fighter's on his tail. That's stupid. (laughs) You had the most perplexed look on your face while I was doing that. That's really ignorant. That'd be great if you were five. Well, I think that's actually the age intention there, yes. I think you... No, I'm sorry. My five-year-old nephew would go... That's stupid. This is for ages four and up. This is a kid's... That that implies it's for you and me also, because we're above four. Well, slide one has a very small, probably child hand saying, use the flight navigator accessory to pilot your ship. And then the other side says, also use as a display stand. So I honestly wonder if they're like finding a loophole in licensing. Like, no, these aren't die cast models of ships. These are... Flight navigators. I'll give them this. For such an oddly designed base or flight navigator, I'm not an engineer. I am not great at figuring out center of balance based upon arcs and that nature. I studied a different type of science. But these stands work really well. The ships do not come anywhere close to tipping. How about when they're on your finger? Do they come close to tipping? Not really. I wedged them on there pretty tight. I guess so. I could take this X-Wing here and for convention going, I can make myself a big heavy X-Wing ring. Is that what you're telling me? So you'd Darling, call- it's over there. I'm pointing with my X-Wing. So you'd call it your X-Bling? Yeah, it's like my X-Bling. I guess if you're a cheap guy, it could be an engagement ring. Hey, it's bigger than the one I gave you. No, it's not. It's literally bigger, yes. Well, it's literally bigger, yes, and wow. But flight navigator aside, the stands, I found one thing very interesting about them. They only go on one way on the ships. They are notched stands, so you have to have them facing a very specific direction. Whereas the titaniums and such had more of a peg or a ball joint that you could pop the ship on and get it to face Usually any direction, but only one direction would it be balanced. Here, it gets locked in. Now, looking at it as a line, I had one big piece of disappointment the moment I opened the first one, and that was the Millennium Falcon. Why? Well, the package says die-cast. It doesn't say how much die-cast. Oh, okay. Is this one of those games? (laughs) Yes. The top of the Falcon is die-cast. The bottom of the Falcon is plastic. The sensor dish on the Falcon is plastic. You can pretty much see where they switched from plastic to die cast on the bottom. Yes, you can. And the fact that it's that much die cast makes it one of the most die cast of the six I bought. Oh, really? Whereas the titanium line, I mean, those were die cast almost entirely. Here, it felt a little bit cheaper than I expected. I was very happy with the price. I got these at $5.99 a piece at Toys R Us. That's not a horrible price when we're paying more than that for five POA figures. But now I understand why they were able to do that is by incorporating these plastic parts. The TIE Fighter, I had to hunt for the die cast. It's the cockpit. Really? The wings are entirely plastic. You know, looking at these, I never would have known, but now that I'm touching them, it's blatantly obvious, though. Yeah, I was the same way. Looking well, at them in the package, I thought these were die-cast top to bottom. Actually, when you're touching it, you can easily tell just by touching. That's exactly how I knew. And not tactile. The die-cast part is actually chillier. Yes. Okay, so you weren't just going on, well, this feels different. It's actually colder. Yeah, I noticed that the metal top of the Falcon felt very different temperature because the metal retained the temperature. And looking at the X-Wing, there, the 
arrow-shaped cockpit and main body of the X-Wing is die-cast. And I think the first parts of the wings are, but then once you get past the engines and into where the guns are, plastic, and worse, one of my guns is bent. Oh, snap. No, it didn't snap. It's just bent. Ha. A little hot water will fix that. You can't fix die cast if it's bent, Actually, but I can fix plastic. You might be able to fix die cast. Or you might be able to bend it back, probably chip the paint in doing so. So there was my disappointment just out of the gate was the lack of die cast in it. And the reason I didn't buy any of the Disney ships, despite loving the designs, is the very thing I'm seeing on this X-Wing that I didn't notice till after I'd taken it home and opened it, the bent gun. Because those Disney ships had bent noses on the speeder bikes and bent guns on the X-Wings. And if it had a protrusion, it was almost always bent. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to spend that kind of money on something with no level of quality control. And admittedly, the X-Wing gun, it is the only real protrusion I have out of all these that's a little like stick that can come off and bend real easily. It's much harder to bend the bottom of the Millennium Falcon or the giant wings of a TIE fighter because I think those would just snap. Well, that just means also if you dropped it, the plastic would break while the die cast would stay intact. If you dropped it hard enough like on a tile floor or something or in concrete, I bet the plastic would snap. Whereas the die cast would probably lose its paint. Yeah. I collected Hot Wheels as a kid. Well, I played with Hot Wheels as a kid and pretty much they looked like the Demolition Derby. But going through the six I bought real quick, first from Rebels, I bought the Ghost. And of the six ships I got... Honestly, I think it has the least impressive paint job. It looks like a cartoon paint job in that there's no shading, there's no weathering. Where it's yellow, it's bright yellow. And where it's blue, it's bright blue. It's got a plastic belly as well. I picked it up because I don't have a ghost. So I picked this up as a way to represent that ship. But honestly, of all of them, and it's not just because it's from Rebels, just the paint compared to the others, when I put it with the others... It sticks out because it is too clean. It's just too barren. It's also got cartoony colors because they're muted and they're very much what you'd expect to see on a cartoon. Just the shade and the tone of the colors, it doesn't fit in with the rest of the line. And I don't know if that was by intent because it is from an animated series and like Hasbro used to do when they were making the animated style figures, if they're told... If you make it from the cartoon, it must look like it's from the cartoon. And if you make it from the movie, you must make it look like it's from the movie. But this one sticks out and it's not a line unto itself. It is just one of the ships listed in Collect Them All on the back. Then the only prequel ship I got was the Vulture Droid. And this one I actually like quite a bit. It still is a little too clean for my taste. The gray is a very clean gray but they painted the black diagonal stripes on it and the wavy blue lines. It just has a nice detailed paint job. Now, I know the Vulture Droid is actually from a movie and not a cartoon. I guess because the Titaniums are such a memory now, and I never really compared them together, I didn't realize how bad the prequel ships stood out from the other ships with their garish colors and every Jedi having a color-coordinating scheme going on. Well, Y-Wings had that in the old movies. But they weren't color-coordinated. Yeah, there was gold group in the first one, and then they were but red the in the... group. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I agree with you, though, that when you put that as the only prequel vehicle with the rest of the OT vehicles, it has a lot more in common with the ghosts than it does with Slave 1, for example. Because it's clean, but that was Lucas's intent, was to have stuff before the rise of the Empire be clean and pristine to show that by the time A New Hope rolled around, they were in a very lived-in universe because things weren't as good. They couldn't afford all the shiny new droids and ships. But it does kind of stick out. Now, getting to the original trilogy stuff, I mentioned the TIE Fighter. And what are you going to do with a TIE Fighter? It's pretty basic. It's iconic. I like that they went through the trouble of sculpting the lines in the wings and putting a lot of detail into the little center of the wings with a lot of what looked like could be small rivets and other designs. I like that. I I think that the TIE Fighter is good. It's nice. And maybe it's 
the one I'm used to, you know, as far as shifts go, that kind of thing. But there's not many ways you can screw up a TIE fighter. No. I mean, you you make the wings, unless you make the wings, like, grossly out of scale or something. And I was going to comment, these are wonderfully to scale wings. They're nice, big wings. Yeah. I don't think you can screw up the TIE fighter. I mean, there's some detail on the cockpit, but everybody's looking at the wings. And I I think this one looks okay. I wish the whole thing was die cast, though. I'm kind of lukewarm on this, maybe even to cold or chilly because the entire piece is not die cast. I would have liked a little bit more paint. Like I often see a couple of red dots around the guns or something like that on other TIE fighter representations, but I'm pretty happy with this for $5.99. Same with the X-Wing. I mean, they use this beige-ish color on the X-Wing that really fits and the paint, while there's not a whole lot of it, has very clean lines. I gotta say, I mean, Hot Wheels, they're around to make small versions of cars and to paint them really well. And that paint skill is showing here in that I can't find a paint error on any of the six I bought. No, I don't think that anything in the Hot Wheels line has bad paint. And not that I've seen a lot of people complain about or gripe about, because let's be honest, once you get more collectors, because there's a whole faction of Hot Wheels collectors, but once you're getting other fandoms in there, they're going to find your paint errors and such. I'm not seeing a lot of complaints about that. And honestly, my only complaint about Hot Wheels was my experience as a child with, as soon as you run two of them together, the paint chips off. But I don't think collectors are doing that, right? No. Again, the only thing I can ding is I would have liked more paint. Like, you can see the little lump of an R2 dome back there, but there's no blue paint on it. There's no silver paint on it. It looks like it's almost part of the X-Wing hull. That's supposed to be an R2? I mean, that's where the R2 goes. If there's not an R2 in it, there should be a socket where you'd put the droid. I just thought it was R2-less. <laughs> Again, for what it is, at the scale it is, I think they did a good job. Yeah. The last two OT vehicles I got... We talked about the Millennium Falcon, but it may have the best paint job of any of these ships in that the blue on the back's really vibrant and they Ooh. sculpted lines into it. That is nice. That That's a nice addition to that. And the top, they painted those little ports, this nice dark gray, and they've got the good brown areas on the top. I built a Millennium Falcon model kit. I know how problematic it is to get the brown in the right spots and whatnot. And again, the cockpit, they could have so easily screwed up the tiny lines of black paint on the cockpit there. Very clean. But why does that get so much detail and there's just a blob where the R2 goes in the X-Wing? Well, keep in mind, there's not that much detail if you wanted to go into it. The Falcon was not monochromatic. There were different colors around it. But this is the one out of all of them, maybe the X-Wing and TIE Fighter in the second and third place that I see casual fans picking up. This is a wonderful at your office desk toy. It's good size where nobody's going to come over and be like, why do you have a four foot TIE fighter on your desk? Where this, you can just stick it under your monitor, have a little bit of Star Wars fandom going on. And of course, to chase the Millennium Falcon Slave One, another really nice paint job in the weathering they gave it. All the little scrapes around the bottom that makes it look like Boba Fett's seen some battle in it. Yeah, the Slave One is pretty good. You're right, the weathering is good, and it shows like paint rubbed off or chunked off when it got hit by stuff, but it's not showing the bare die cast under it, which is nice. It's showing like it was all painted in this weird grayish odd color that is there. Nice job on it, though. I mean, they didn't... They got the weathering right. I'm not an expert on the Slave One to tell you if they got all the little nooks and crannies right. But it's got enough color where I'm not going to look at it and be like, oh god, why'd they scrub the Slave One? It actually looks good. I agree that it looks really good. I think they messed up a few things. First, the bottom of the ship is just this really dull color. It's plastic. There's not a bit of color there. The reason it's a problem on this ship, that's Slave One's engines down there. But it's better than the Vulture Droid having two Phillips screws. Well, this has two screws as well. Oh, it does, yeah. But again, the bottom of the Vulture Droid, I'm not thinking about. But Slave 1 flies vertically. It doesn't fly horizontally. It flies, if you remember Empire, it may hover this way. It lands this way. But when it flies, it flies with the cockpit at the top. And the wings change position. Well, first of all, the wings are locked in a strange position that's neither landing nor flying. (laughs) It's at like this 45 degree angle. Perhaps it's hovering. It made me wonder for a time if they move because they're plastic. I could see some hinges down there, but I have not found any way to move them. 
and the stand that goes on it goes in basically a landing position. I think it should go in a flying position. I know it may have had to deviate from the norm of just having this base that snaps into the bottom. Maybe they needed to rebalance it and have the hole be someplace else. But out of all these ships, this is the only one you're really seeing. And it makes absolutely no sense unless you're going vertical to finger fly it around. Can we not call it finger fly ever again? Still, I'm being very picky with the display angle of Slave 1. The paint job on it's really nice. So the only ones I'm missing from this now, I have the Red 5 X-Wing pilot here. I'm missing Red 3. They're already going to that level of detail. I'm missing Gold Leader Y-Wing. And I'm missing the Snowspeeder. And that's it so far. And I'm sure I'm going to find them September 4th, if not before. Yes, I think that you're not going to have any trouble. My overall verdict on these, if you love the Star Wars vehicles like I do, this is really well-painted representations that for $6 are just worth the money. They certainly aren't a value at 6 If they were full die-cast, they'd be a value at 6 But for what they are... I think this is a line where you could pick and choose, and if you like TIE Fighters, pick one up. If you like Slave 1, because of its display, it's one of the weaker ones, but you could have a nice paint job on it. You could also, for Slave 1 and the TIE Fighter, throw away those bases and just have them sitting on your desk. Those will stand on their own, that the X-Wing, the nose will fall forward, and the Falcon will kind of rotate on its base. But the others, I think you could do without those stands and maybe make them look a bit better. It's certainly the nicest thing I've seen Hot Wheels put out for Star Wars yet, in my mind. It's in-universe. But other than Hot Wheels, it's been kind of slow going in stores. But if you're looking to buy the latest Star Wars action figures or an exclusive Funko Pop R2 unit, head to our sponsor, Dorkside Toys. They've got an exclusive orange and black R2L3 up for pre-order. It's going to ship next month. And then in stock, they've got the latest Rebels Mission Series figures with some of the harder-to-find ones like Hera and Stormtrooper Commander, as well as a lot of Black Series figures, some even on sale. If you're looking for Captain Rex, normally $12.99. He's marked down right now to $8.99. Commander Doom, one hard to find because Marvel collectors are going after it because it looks like Doctor Doom, intentionally, and Star Wars collectors are going after it because it's a clone. It's on sale there for $8.99, Dutch $8.99. You can also order 6-inch Black Series Wave 9. It's in stock and ships in 24 hours. And so much more, including higher-end stuff like the Revoltech R2-D2. The Square Enix Play Arts Kai Stormtrooper 10-inch figure, so much more. Please use the link from our homepage and check it out at dorksidetoys.com. They also have some of the harder-to-find vehicles like the Inquisitor's Advanced Prototype TIE Fighter and the Imperial Troop Transport. But we've been talking a lot about Star Wars vehicles this show. And of course, one of the biggest Star Wars vehicle lines going on right now is from Fantasy Flight Games with their Star Wars tabletop gaming. Andrew was in Indianapolis for Gen Con recently, and he's got all the news about Star Wars gaming coming out of Gen Con. Hi, everybody. Andrew here, and I'm back for my second annual report from Gen Con. For those of you who aren't in the know, Gen Con is the convention that is entirely centered around tabletop gaming. Every summer, gamers from around the world converge upon the Indiana Convention Center for four days of gaming goodness. You can demo new games, play in organized events and tournaments, and of course, spend your hard-earned credits on games and expansions that won't be available to the general masses for weeks to come. Now, first off, disclaimer number one. I just want to let everybody know up front that I am just a casual gamer. I don't participate in tournaments, and I don't keep up on the latest strategies from the various Star Wars games as discussed in numerous forums across the interwebs. However, I do collect games. I've talked in the past about my collecting foci, or I guess lack thereof, and how one of them is almost anything to do with gaming. Now you may be asking, what's so collectible about games? Well. The current Star Wars gaming market is based mostly on games that have spawned numerous expansions that players and collectors clamor over. 
In fact, when the show floor opened on Thursday morning, the line to buy the latest offerings from Fantasy Flight Games wound around their sizable booth and demo area, back to the front of the hall, and all the way down its length and around another corner out of sight. And it grew to that length in less than two minutes. In fact, it was so long that the fire marshal had to tell Fantasy Flight that they needed to cap their line, and there were strict rules about standing by their display case to avoid clogging the aisles. Now, of the games that Fantasy Flight offers, I mostly focus my gaming time on Imperial Salt. The story elements in that game are top-notch and really feeds my role-playing hunger without needing to put all the time and effort into running a full RPG campaign. I've spoken of my love of this game before, and I was not disappointed in the announcements that the company gave at its annual in-flight report at Gen Con, but more on that later. Right now, I feel I must give you disclaimer number two. There were no announcements about product for The Force Awakens during their report on Friday. You know, it really is a good thing that Fantasy Flight celebrates its 20th anniversary this year. Since they couldn't talk much about their future offerings, they spent the better part of 15 minutes talking about their past. Now, I didn't know this, but apparently they started off as a small publishing company that released European comic books in the U.S. Then a couple years later, they took what they had learned about the printing process and put their knowledge into creating their first game, Twilight Imperium. And the rest, as they say, is history. Christian Peterson, the company's CEO, showed a graph of their revenue over the years, and while it showed a steady incline, it showed a significant spike in 2012, which was a significant year in that it saw the launch of X-Wing. Christian then went on to talk about this year's releases. Of interest to Star Wars gamers, Imperial Assault was the company's largest release in their 20-year history, only to get beaten out by Star Wars Armada a few months later. So it's safe to say that Fantasy Flight Games is quite pleased that they picked up the Star Wars license when they did. He also talked about some of the games they debuted at Gen Con this year. The third core rulebook of their Star Wars role-playing game, Force and Destiny, was available for the first time, kind of, at the show this year. Now I say kind of because they released the beta version last year at Gen Con. And this is basically the same book, but it's hardback bound and has revised rules and better artwork. But let's talk about what really got the Star Wars fans in the room buzzing. New reveals. They started with the product that got me excited the most. A new, major expansion for Imperial Assault called Return to Hoth. This expansion is huge, and as the title implies, takes the war between Imperials and Rebels to the ice plains of Hoth. It comes with a bunch of new miniatures to play with. The Rebel players get a medical droid, a Mon Cala Special Forces Marksman, here's looking at you, Ginger Prince, and the operative Varana Talos. And, of course, the Empire gets its own bevy of figures as well. Snowtroopers, Wampas, which were really impressive looking, HK droids, and a giant repulsor tank. Return to Hoth also comes with a full campaign that is just as long as the one that came in the initial core set. And let me tell you, that is a lot of content. There are also some companion figure expansion sets that will be coming out at the same time to supplement the big box expansion. Echo Base Troopers, General Sorin, Leia Organa, and everyone's favorite TP'd bounty hunter, Dengar. Just like all the other miniatures that have come out thus far, the sculpts on these look incredible. While it is a shame that they aren't painted, I can't appreciate them wanting to keep the cost of them manageable. And for those who have the time and talent necessary, present company not included in that group unfortunately, there are a lot of great ways to paint these figures yourselves. If you are interested, there are a number of helpful YouTube videos out there that take a kind of paint-by-number approach and walk you through the layers to make them look just like the box art. Return to Hoth and its companion figure packs are slated to come out late this year. They didn't give out a price point, but I'm going to guess that it'll be right around $100 since it's being compared to the core game so much, which debuted at that price. But I'm sure you'll be able to find it online later for about $75. Over the last couple of years, one of the most commonly asked questions I've heard posed to Fantasy Flight Games is this. When will we see product that focuses on the animated portion of Star Wars Universe? Well, Christian was finally able to pull back the curtain on their first products to focus on the Rebels TV show. The game X-Wing will be getting three different ships from the show coming late this year or early 2016. First up was the impressive Imperial Assault Carrier. This is the ship in the show that carries TIE fighters attached to its belly, and the best part of the ship model that they have is that you can actually attach up to four TIE fighters to the bottom of it that are playable within the game. This is a big ship in what they call their epic scale, and will probably be quite pricey, again, around the $100 range. But man, does it look sweet. They also revealed Wave 8 for X-Wing, which will include two more Rebel ships. 
the Inquisitor's TIE Advanced Prototype, and, of course, the Ghost. And yes, the Ghost does come with an actual model of the Phantom, which looks to be a really cool feature both in the game and on the shelf. Also in Wave 8 will be two bounty hunter ships. The Mist Hunter, which is the ship piloted by Zuckus and 4LOM. That's right, it's actually pronounced 4LOM, people. You don't go around calling C-3PO C-3PO, do you? Anyway, the last ship in the wave is Dengar's The Punishing One. Someone at Fantasy Flight must really like that bandaged baddie. They're hoping to get Wave 8 out late 2015, but it could get pushed back to early 2016 because there's something going on at the factory that Christian couldn't quite talk about yet. Which leads me back to my second disclaimer. They couldn't talk about their plans for The Force Awakens other than to say that they, and now I'm doing air quotes here, have product on the water. That statement, along with an answer given during the Q&A session, leads me to believe that while they could not give a release date specifically, we will be seeing Episode 7 product available from Fantasy Flight Games on Force Friday, September 4th. When asked if they'd be following the same release schedule as Hasbro, Christian's exact words were, air quotes again, if you're interested in waiting in a midnight queue for Star Wars Toy Day, there will be something awesome for you there. And that's it. I was really hoping for something brand new to be announced like they did last year with Imperial Assault, but it's good to know that we won't have to wait too much longer to see some new products from The Force Awakens. While I'm sure that there will be some TFA-centric expansions for their existing lines, I would love to see something new and even something that is a standalone game that doesn't require a continued commitment to expansions, because, to be honest, I'm having a hard time keeping up with the lines they already have. Well, we've only got a few more weeks to go until the floodgates open on Force Friday, so until next time, I'll sign off saying, may the dice be with you, as I hand you back to our hosts, Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Andrew. And that brings us to the end of our show. But don't forget, we're having the party at Wizard World, which we are providing a party for you guys who we have come to know and love over the last 10 years. You can find the form up on our website at SWActionNews.com. Yes, or you can go straight there, SWActionNews.com slash party. Uppercase or lowercase P, put the rest lowercase. Unix, you know. <laughs> so keep the countdown going till Wizard World. Then after that, Force Friday. And then the movie. So we'll talk to you in two weeks after our party at Wizard World. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can be on the next episode of Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted are subject to use on our show. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can see more videos and reviews by subscribing to the Star Wars Action News YouTube channel. You can find the link from our homepage. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Star Wars Action News podcast video enhancement by Andrew, Daryl, Josh, and Barrett. Star Wars Action News website designed by Jason. Photo editing by Jay. Graphic design by Chris. Associate produced and announcements by Brock. Segments hosted by Jerry, Jonathan, Brock, Nathan, and Steve. 
For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Usually any direction, but only one direction would it be balanced. Harry Styles, what? You said one direction. <laughs> yes, the paint chipped off really bad on old school Hot Toys. I'm well aware of that. Hot Wheels, not Hot Toys. Damn it! <laughs> I picked it up because I don't have a ghost. Well, actually, one lives in my house. But <laughs> That's I- different.